That is hardcore. This is hardcore shit. But for me, it's harder and harder to resist. Good evening. Welcome to Hardcore Horror with Mike and Bridget. Ooh, spooky Halloween time, Bridget. Yee-hoo! Halloween is, is almost here. Halloween is here. Halloween is upon us. It is It is here. Uh, the season is almost over, sadly. Not for us, but for the world. Uh, everybody else, uh, the majority, they are going to put everything in the closet and forget about it for another year. We won't do that, but... You know, it's still kind of sad to to not see this stuff out everywhere because it's always something we all relish when it happens every season of the holiday. But it's almost over. Um, we got a good show tonight, though. We got uh, Donald Farmer, who uh, independent filmmaker, been making movies for about fifty years. Uh, does a little bit of everything. He makes movies. He acts some. He he was in some of my movies. He was in. Uh, uh, three of my movies, actually. He, I think he was in uh, Killer Shorts 2. He was in uh, Cyclical Effect. And he was in Creature of Habit. So he's been in a few of my movies and stuff. So we, I worked ar- around with him a few a few times. And uh, so we'll talk to him after a while. See cool. what he's got going on. Because he's always uh, making something. He's, he's always doing something. Uh, we'll see what's up with him. Uh, before we get to that, though. Uh, so here we are. Halloween. The big day. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about... Um, Halloween itself. Uh, do you think that the uh, the day, the season, has gotten a little tamer than when we were younger, or do you think it's about the same? And the reason I say this is because you know we have Devil's Night the night before, right? Right. Which used to be pretty prominent in some places, especially in some major cities like Detroit. But um, I can remember. I can remember being a, a, a young kid and like, even I'm coming from a small, small town in Tennessee, but I remember people setting fires, uh, just kind of wrecking havoc on things, you know, uh, you know, setting, you know, a bells of hay on fire, throwing eggs, doing all this kind of, uh, wild stuff. Do you feel like it's tamed down a little bit overall or not? What's your feelings on that? Um, and it might be because, you know, I was a kid and I'm an adult, but no, Mm -hmm. I think it has tamed down, but Mm -hmm. maybe because I'm an adult and I don't see some of the crazy stuff, but yeah, you're, you're right. It'd be nothing for you to like (laughs) your neighbor's house would be like toilet paper, you know, (laughs) toilet paper. Yes. Uh, toilet paper or, or like, what were they, were they uh, soap your windows? Remember that? Soap your windows? I even had my, I even had like my mom's car was egged one time. (laughs) It was yeah, crazy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you could just be driving by and get egged. I, I've driven by just not knowing anybody was out and got egged on Halloween night. Uh, but speaking of toilet paper, uh, uh, funny though, one of my neighbors, their whole place is toilet paper, but they've been toilet paper the whole month. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it's like a family member playing a joke on them or something, but, but typically you don't see that stuff that much anymore. Uh, so yeah, I get, I just, it does seem like overall, and maybe not everywhere, but in the areas that I frequent, I, I do seem, I do see less and less of that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so it, it is sort of different, a different holiday. 
you know, and of course, we, a lot of things have changed. You know, we went from house to house. There's a lot of trunk, trunk or treat stuff anymore. Just things that people do in very contained areas and, and all that. But uh, so it's definitely a different holiday. Uh, but uh, but Devil's Night, you know, yeah, that was a that was a wild one sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> for some for some places, you know. Yeah, I I guarantee, like. Half half the people in my damn neighborhood, you say Devil's Night, they'd be like, "What is that?" <laughs> so, right, 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 yeah, it's um, it, my house sticks out like a sore thumb <laughs> with all my neighbors because I'm always like, we deck this place out to the nines, like Halloween. I mean, it's crazy, creepy, gory, s- scary, like from one inch of the house to the other. And mm-hmm. you're kind of driving down the neighborhood. You're like, no, nobody else like really like decks all out for Halloween <laughs> like we do. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's definitely. De- it ha- I, I do think it has died down for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's a few people in town here that that they do uh, kind of go all out a little bit, but uh, yeah, definitely there. Uh, it's not a big thing here and where I'm at, but uh, yeah, you know, I do think that uh, for sure that. Like you said, Devil's Night. Most people probably wouldn't know that unless they watched The Crow or something. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I forgot that that's what they called it. In that movie. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, it's here. It's here. Halloween is here. So with Halloween upon us, we're, we're we're releasing the little short we did, clowning. Yeah. We're releasing to the public on Halloween, so people can go watch it. Yeah. So you want you want to tell people about that and, and why they should watch that. Um, yeah, so um, clowning was this cra- crazy idea. It's almost like your idea and my idea kind of tied together. So mm-hmm. I always wanted to do um, a killer clown, a female killer clown. And um, so we, you know, we, I don't even know how we even started talking about it. I think we're at Creepy Con and all the clowns are running around and I was just like in clown heaven, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we started talking about that and ended up like you know was hoping to do a full feature film we started with the little short um we filmed it all like in a day um it was a lot of work but it's basically i don't even want to say what it's about really um it's a killer clown that's all you get to know (laughs) that's all i'm gonna say so i don't want to give it away but that was the killer clown was kind of my idea and your take on it was I don't know if you want to give too much away. No spoilers. No spoilers for this one. <laughs> well, no I think sp- that's a. I think you just spoiled it. I think that is a spoiler. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, we just um, we just had like, these ideas of. I had the idea of like a, a someone who isn't really heard uh, very often. You know, doesn't really kind of get to say what they want to say until eventually they sort of uh, explode and and bad things happen. Uh, yeah. So, so we, we you know, kind of combined those two and, and sort of did, did a little bit of a, just a, a story, rough story. Nothing, nothing was written out. It was very much a, a figured out as we go, but you know, I, I was, I knew where we were going from point A to point B, but you know, it, we just kind of, kind of let it uh, uh, happen sort of organically there. So, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. So people can go watch that. Now uh, you can go to my YouTube channel, uh, Fauxpas Films one, and they can watch that movie as it debuts on Halloween. Yes, yes. And no, it's not a complete <laughs> spoiler alert because... Well, it itself is a contained short. It, it itself is a contained yeah, short. Yeah, but can't tell you anything about this clown. But, can't tell you anything about about right. her. It's, um, it's, a, it's a glimpse inside 
something that could be. Right? Yeah. Yeah, right. for for sure, for sure. But it was it was a lot of fun filming and probably one of the and hottest nights of the summer. I mean, it was so brutally hot that night and we all just like we trooped right through it and but it, it you know, going in there, I, I I knew what we were doing, but I didn't know like exactly and we even threw some things in there that I wasn't expecting to do and I think it turned out really well. I do. Yeah. Yeah, uh, just kind of some things you had to improvise on on the on the fly and, and make it work. But yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it I think it um, worked out really well though. I never yeah. really do. Yeah, awesome. Well, people go go watch clowning. Uh, you can check that out there. It's it's on the YouTube. Um, and then of course all the DVD sales wrapped it up. All that stuff is coming to an end. The, the big sale that I had is, is coming to an end on Halloween, the fifteenth anniversary of all that fun stuff. Um, because horror movies, right? We love them. Speaking of them, have you been watching any of them? Uh, of course. I mean, All it right. is October. So. It is October. What do yeah, you got? I've got I've got a decent little list. Um, okay. there there's some movies that I watch every October. I don't okay. know why. I just mm-hmm. watch every October. Sure. Um, the first one is Return of the Living Dead. That's a good one. Yeah, it's one of my. Favorite, actually, it might be my favorite zombie really? movie. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I love that one. I, I remember <laughs> it's also kind of nostalgia for me because I remember going in Kroger. We'd rent movies from Kroger, and my, my mom grocery shopped. I would go over to the movies, and and I would go straight to the horror section. I'm talking like I think I was about either five or six years old when this movie came out, <laughs> and I remember seeing the cover. Mm-hmm. And you know, with the the tombstones and the 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 guy with the mohawk, you know, the punk rocker zombie. Yeah. And I was like, I want to see this. My mom was <laughs> like, Are you going to watch it? I was like, Yes. And I was so excited. So it's definitely nostalgic for me. That's one of my favorites. Um, another one that I watch pretty much every October. I'm actually wearing the T-shirt tonight. Is Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat. Yeah, that's a great one. Trick or treat. I remember I watched that. Mo- I waited so damn long for that movie to come out because I saw a trailer for it. Right. Yeah. It got held in limo that? for. Yeah. 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 I was in limo for like two years. It seems like or something like that. Yeah. It was a long time. A long time. And I remember when it when I watched it for the first time, I was like, "Oh, it was worth the wait. It was so good." Yeah. And um, the, and a side note that that one's been out for what 15, 16 years, but there are supposed to be working on a sequel. Yeah. So yeah, supposedly. So hopefully, eventually, we'll get a sequel to that. Uh, that would be that would be pretty badass. Yeah. Yeah. The cast on that movie w- was great. I love Anna Palquin. Love her. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't remember the other guy's name. He was the principal. What's his name? Every time I, I, I see I him, I I think of the movie Happy. Did you ever see the movie Happy? Mm-hmm. Yep. Not a horror movie, but it's. I think it's a little extreme. Yeah. There's nothing happy about the movie, but anyway, so when I see him, <laughs> that's what I think of. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, right. So anyway, so watch that. Um, I did watch Totally Killer. We talked about this last podcast. Oh, okay. What do you think? Yeah, it, I can see why you liked that. I was like, wow, this is really good. It's really pretty, good. It's pretty fun, right? This is fun. Yeah, yeah, it was fun, and it was it was different. I, no, I really enjoyed it. Um, there's another one that I watched that, I've never seen before. I don't even know how this even popped up for me, okay. but it was pretty out there. It's from the, I think it's from the eighties. It's called brain damage. Brain damage. Okay. Yeah. Have you seen it? I have seen it. It's been a long time, but I've seen it. Yes. I mean, what the, f- 
fuck, dude. I'm like, like the the little stop motion, the creature mm-hmm. animation. It was so fun. Mm-hmm. And the storyline was just so out there <laughs> that it was kind of funny, really. Yeah. yeah. But I was like, wow, I've never seen it. Like, this is pretty cuckoo, but I kind of like it, though. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, since last time we talked, we also had um, a Friday the 13th in the month of October. Oh, did? Yes. Yeah. So, of course, I had to watch Friday the 13th. I, so I watched a couple of them. I watched the original and then I watched the 2009 remake. The remake, yeah. Okay. Did you, so I, I'm dying to ask you this. Did you like the remake? Uh, I like or the, the 2009 uh, version. I, I, I like the remake, okay. Uh, I, I don't feel like Jason is a, is a um, character that you can't remake, you know? I feel like it, it was fun. I, I, yeah, I liked it. I, I, I enjoyed did, it. I did too. Me, uh, me too. Yeah, I mean, it's harder when you, you, know, you have like Freddy because Freddy is the personality of Robert England. So that's harder to emulate. You can't really, you know, kind of do that. You know, it's, it, that makes it uh, harder. But with, with uh, Jason, it's just easier because he doesn't talk anyway. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, but I did kind of like how they kind of combined the first three into one. And made a remake, mm-hmm. and it was it was pretty fun. I mean, it had all of the staples of all the other movies. I thought, you know, mm-hmm. maybe not the pot growing Jason thing storyline, but you know, I mean, overall, I thought it was really good. Yeah, I, I liked it too. But I, I've heard like I always get mixed mixed feelings on that one. Like, um, there's a lot of people that didn't like it, but my, I personally did. So well, I, don't I watched ha- the original and watched it again. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't personally have a high stake with the with the the franchise. I mean, I like them okay, but they're not my favorite. I mean, I like them, and I understand that he's iconic in his own way. But there are a lot of hit and miss ones in there for me. Like, there's some mm-hmm. that I really love, and there's some that I'm like, eh, eh. You know, so mm. it, it isn't like a one of my favorite franchises, but like I said, I can respect, you know, what they did and, and, and where they are in the horror, you know, uh, lexicon. But as far as like, just just like, don't don't mess with my Jason. I, I'm not like that. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not one of those. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I thought that was cool. I love I love Friday 13th in the month of October. I don't remember the last time that happened, so that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I did watch um, the first episode of John Carpenter's Suburban Screams. Okay, so I, I tried to. <laughs> Go ahead, tell me what you think. Well, I mean, it wasn't bad. It's like one of those nights where I was like, well, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have time to watch a full full feature film before bed so right. and those are like 45 minutes long so mm-hmm. i mean it, it was okay it, did, mean, it just wasn't for me it's not my, it's not yeah. my cup of tea i love carpenter and everything it's just not my cup of tea I, I, i'm not into the reality show stuff and so no uh, it, i don't, I don't want to watch that kind of stuff it just kind of yeah bores me. it yeah it um <laughs> It wasn't. It wasn't bad, but I, I. It's only one I watched. I didn't watch any more of them. So, yeah. um, but it wasn't terrible. I mean, but. I wouldn't say terrible, but it's just not my thing. So I, I knew I wasn't gonna finish this, this, this season. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I got. I, I watched one, and I did watch it all the way through. So I get kudos <laughs> for that. But um, another movie that I watched was The Visit. I love this movie. It's. Oh, yeah. it, it always makes me laugh. I think it's funny. I love the fucking story. I love the story. It, it, it's so it is good. a good story, man. It is. It's a really good story. 
It really, it really is. I love it. I've seen it a million times and I'll probably watch it a million more. Um, because it's October, you know, I had, you know, I threw in a lot of classics. Um, yeah. I did uh, watch the original Nightmare on Elm Street, the original. Awesome. That's a good one. Um, really, really good one. That one, first one and the third one are my favorites. Um, it's one of those that I can watch a million times. And, Mine is one, um, one, three and New Nightmare. Or, oh, I like the New Nightmare those, too. Those, yes. are the, those are the three. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. One said so that's me too. One, one, three and new nightmare. I haven't watched that one in a long time. I kind of want to go back and it had like the Hansel and Gretel story, right? Yep. Sort of. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I love that. Um, so another movie I watched, I had, I had watched a little bit of it like a couple years ago and it was very slow. So I couldn't, I couldn't I didn't make it all the way through. I put it on and made it all the way through. And the payoff was pretty good. It's an older movie. I'm thinking 70s, maybe early 80s. It's called The Brood. And I feel like oh. you just watched oh, it not Cron- too long ago, Cron- didn't you? Cronenberg's The Brood? Yeah. Uh, no, no, it's been a while. I, I mean, I think I watched it last year sometime. Yeah, uh, that one's good. That's good. It's slow. It's it, slow. It is slow, yeah. But yeah, once you get to the payoff, it's worth it. Yeah, I was just like, okay. And it's like, what the fuck? (laughs) I love those moments. I love those moments in movies. So I would probably watch it again, even though it was very slow, but the payoff was that fucking good. So, um, Cronin Bird is usually going to deliver for you, usually. Yep. Yep. And he definitely did. And I was thinking, holy shit, like when this movie came out, I mean, it was pretty intense, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Oh, I, this I watched the movie last night. I've been talking about this shit all day long, okay. so it must have had some kind of effect on me. It was called The Special. Is that the one where the box about the box? Yes, <laughs> it's an indie film about the box. Yeah, yes, yeah. It's you know, through the entire you know, the first half of the movie, I'm like, What's in the box? Like, I just want to know what's in the box. What's in the box? And like, I, I couldn't predict this movie at all. Uh, it's funny that I, I, to- I, I told a couple different people today. I was like, dude, this movie I watched last night. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I, I, I can't give it away. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, I'd recommend watching it. I, I think how this movie got on my list is it was supposed to be one of the most disgusting movies of all time me personally yeah me personally i didn't think it was disgusting right um that it didn't hit that place for me but um yeah the oh man it was it was different maybe it was very different maybe for your average watcher it might be pretty disgusting i would say but yeah yeah not not for us (laughs) yeah so as i'm I told this one of the people I was telling was my 17 year old who does not watch horror movies, by the way. And she was like, I was like, well, I watched it because it's supposed to be one of the most disgusting um, movies of all time. And she I said, eh. she goes, what do you think? What's the most disgusting movie you've ever seen? <laughs> I said, well, hmm. OK, I'm thinking it's one we just watch. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> um regurgitated sacrifice <laughs> she was like oh yeah that just sounds <laughs> that sounds bad i was like yeah it's pretty bad i was like if if puking and pissing and shitting and gore bothers you this movie's not free <laughs> not free <really. laughs> 
yeah yeah so yeah i had a conversation with my 17 year old she don't even think i don't think she even thinks twice about it but um another movie i watched and we can talk a little bit more about this one um later on um it was a donald farmer movie um cannibal hookers yeah um i guess he did two two different versions um there's an eight one in the 1980s and then he redid it um, a few years back but i watched the the original one he did from the 80s it's pretty good we can talk more about that about that later yeah um so and then the last movie i watched was our extreme uh movie for the week okay um pronou- i guess we, we can pronounce it a couple different ways um it could be pronounced sandman or snman is that right S- S- M man yeah S and M man yeah uh, All right. So it's kind of meant to be a play on both of them, but I guess officially it would be Sandman, but because that's kind of what he's going with the top with the, his uh, movies. But he also does uh, say S and M Man in there as well. All right, so tell me what, what do you think about it? Well, at first, at first, I questioned it. I was like, "Is this the movie? Is this a documentary about the movie?" So, like, I couldn't figure out what I was watching so at first. It's really weird because it does like it is it is half documentary it's actually probably yeah. more even 60 percent documentary like full-on documentary like where you'd be like this is a documentary and then you get to the other stuff <laughs> yeah yeah uh like the interviews they were doing uh-huh. um i thought that was pretty interesting yeah i thought it was a really good take on it and i can't say that i hated it i didn't hate it um it was definitely different i um I wanted to research a little bit further and, you know, figure out, like, um, the director and how they come up with the storyline and if they've done anything else. So I did find it that interesting. Um, I, I didn't think it was extreme. Did well, you it, think it was extreme? It's, it's not extreme in that in that sort of sense. It's just – it mostly just talks about extreme stuff, really. Yeah. But yeah. what it alludes to is the subtext of this being real, of – which. Like the documentary part is really good and informative, and then you get to the mockumentary part, which, if if led to believe to be real, it would be snuff and it would be very disturbing. But it never really concludes, does it? But it just gives you enough breadcrumbs to go, oh shit, is this what? Is this really? Yeah. Is this really? Happening? And that's that's what I kind of liked about it yeah. too, is because yeah. at first I was like, oh, I'm watching documentary, and then I'm like, oh my god, they've caught this guy slipping. He's gay, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I did like it though. I, I did. It's um, different. Uh, it's one of those that's harder to find, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if you can find it, I, I, I would recommend it. I would. Yeah. And, and then yes. the director, he's done some other movies, but they're not like this. I, I've seen Hellbenders and Software Digging and stuff like that. They're not like this movie at all. But uh, uh, yeah, I think, it, I think it's pretty good. I, again, if you, it is about extreme uh, cinema. And, and so if you like extreme cinema, you probably would be drawn to the nature of what they're discussing. Uh, but mm-hmm. it, it itself, no, is, I mean, after what we watched, like you were talking about, this is a, a, a walk in the park, <laughs> really. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. You know, but, yeah. but it's like, but you know, also too, though, like when you're like, like when Bill's above is like filming that scene with the girl and the candles and shit, you're like, Oh, crap you know right it's right like, what the fuck you know so i mean it, it yeah there is some cool stuff in, in it i think and you know and uh 
of course, uh, Fred Vogel's talking about it, toe tag guy, you know, and um, we just had uh, Athena on. She worked with those guys. She started out with those with that with that guy. So very cool. Um, yeah. 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 I would say watch it. Yeah, definitely. There was even moments where, you know, because we we dabble in film and there's moments where I'm like, what would it be like for me to be an actress on a movie set? Because they have legit safe words (laughs) because the shit's so intense. (laughs) Like, have, have you have you ever given one of your actresses a safe word? No, we don't. I've never made a movie like August Underground or anything. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Imagine being on a movie set and having to give your actresses safe work because right. that is I mean crazy I mean to that's me. that's real guerrilla filmmaking, I feel like, you know. If you're like mm-hmm. if you're like to the point where you're actually hurt, could hurt somebody, I yeah, that I might be I might be a little too real. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Ex- ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, but yeah, definitely worth a watch though for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I had a, like a couple other on my list. Okay. Nothing nothing crazy. Um, I had um, Street Trash. Yeah. If you've, yeah. Okay. Have Have you seen that one? That's I have. An, um, and then la- last movie last movie I have for you, I did um, a rewatch of Suspiria. It's you know it's one of one of my favorites. It's one of those that I've watched a million times. I could watch it another million times. And then I'm talking about the original, not not the remake. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the remake, I mean, it was all right, but I didn't hate it. I, I thought I was gonna absolutely hate it, but I didn't hate it. I, I like it. I, I mean, I, I like it. The fact that it is so different than the original. I think if yeah. they tried to like really remake the original just uh, remake the original just the way it was i think it would have failed probably but i like that it's different uh it's not the same it is totally different movie and it goes batshit crazy in the third act so i do like it but yeah it's, it that's, it doesn't compare to the original original is is uh, pretty uh, yeah up there you know yeah exactly exactly one of those if you have not seen this movie i'm sure everyone who listens to our podcast have seen has seen suspiria but if you haven't shame on you i'm shame, just saying shame on, shame on you all right so what about you you got you must have a pretty good list too i have a list i haven't really watched a lot of the classics yet uh not really to be honest i mean uh i mean there's a uh i really didn't watch what i normally do but i I'm, i'll still get there but there was so much new stuff and just stuff that I was like, uh, just threw it through on that. Um, I, I there was really wasn't a lot of time, not, not as much as I would like to have to dedicate to the classics. But anyway, here we go. I did watch The Howling, which is a movie I do love. I did rewatch that one. Um, yeah. The first thing I, I uh, new stuff was I, The Fall of the House of Usher, that TV show Mike Flanagan, yeah, came out with um, the uh, Edgar Allan Poe stuff. Uh, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I think a lot, some people didn't like it. They said, "Oh, I didn't follow the house, follow the house of Usher." I mean, if you watched the Haunting of Hill House, you would have known that it probably wouldn't go into anyway because he didn't follow the book with that one, you know. But he made it, he made it his own, and I feel like he did the same thing here. He it just incorporated a lot of uh, Edgar Allan Poe stuff in, into the story and just kind of made it his own modernized version of it. It was really good, really well done. Uh, the only thing, uh, the only um, uh, sort of thing he missed was he didn't incorporate the, the the poem alone, which is my favorite Edgar Allan Poe's poems in there. It's not in there, but a lot of the other stuff is. It's 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 really well made. 
uh, with a lot of the same characters you've seen from his other um, shows and movies and stuff. And um, I, I really did enjoy it. I thought it was really well done. He's he's just a great uh, filmmaker, director, writer. I mean, I mean, he he really is good. Um, I, and I've watched and I like most of his stuff. I mean, um, like, uh, did you see the the other ones that he did? The uh, uh, what was the Midnight Mass? I really I really enjoyed that one. Um, what, I don't think I've seen Midnight Mass. I like I like Midnight Mass. It was really good. Uh, Haunting of Blind Mariner was okay. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Uh, I actually didn't finish the Midnight Club, but it was just was wasn't really for me. I think I think it was really more like young adult kind of fair, but, mm-hmm. uh, but most of his other stuff, I just, I really, really do enjoy. I think he, he's a, one of the best, uh, or filmmakers today. Um, up next, uh, creep show. I did a, a watch season four of creep show. Uh, oh watched- yeah. 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 I love, I haven't got around to that season yet, but I've watched the first three. I, I love, I love this show. Love it. Uh, the four is great too. It's fantastic. I, I pretty much, pretty much liked them all. thought they were really, really good. Um, <clears throat> I did check out a couple of episodes of the new goosebumps. Okay. The old goosebumps. Am I, am I wrong? It was an anthology, right? But like every story was different, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. so 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 far, the cool thing about this one that I do like is that they are episodes, like they are like different stories in the episodes, but it's all intertwined into one big story. Oh, that's pretty cool. So yeah, so uh, Justin Long's in there, and uh, yeah, it's pretty good so far. I mean, honestly, I mean, it's you know, it's more young adult, you know, kind of stuff, but. I liked it. I, th- I thought it was pretty good. I just haven't got a chance to finish it because there's been so much other stuff. But um, yeah, it's, so far it's not it's not bad. I, I do like the that concept of it anyway. Uh, okay. Up next was the Puppet Man. This is a new movie that came out pretty recently. Yeah. Do you, did you like it? Uh, yeah, I liked it. I liked it pretty good. Uh, it's okay. it's uh, a convicted killer on death row maintained his innocence that it was an evil force controlling his body when he slaughtered his victims. Now, Michael, the killer's daughter, begins to suspect that there may be some truth to her father's claim when she goes around and when, when those around her begin to die in brutal ways. It was pretty good because she's like not in control of her body and just killing people and shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it's pretty fun. I mean, it's not like fantastic by any means, but I, I thought it was pretty good. I, I didn't hate it. Up next was a rewatch of Smile. You've seen Smile, right? You, did you oh, like yeah. That? Yeah. I did, lo- I did like it. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Um, that came out last year, didn't it? Came out, it came out last year. I just did a rewatch of it. Um, I, I liked it even better than, than um, I think, the first time I watched it. I feel like, yeah, this is a good movie. It's a good movie. So it deserves a rewatch then, for yeah. sure. But, yeah. but that was in my – but Smile was in, like, my, my top favorites of last year. I do, rem- I do remember that. I do, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I don't know if it was in mine or not. I don't remember, but it might have been. I know it was in yours for sure. Yeah. 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 Up next was a rewatch of Cry Wolf. You seen this one? I don't think so. Back in Cry the day, two thousand and five, Cry Wolf. Mm. Don't think I've even heard of it. Eight un- unsuspecting high school seniors at a posh boarding school who delight themselves in playing on games of lies come face to face with terror. That and learn that nobody believes a liar, even when they're telling the truth. Uh, it's not a great movie, but I do like it. Um, if you watch it, it does have that sort of early 2000 feel to it. 
It's got the guy from Supernatural in it, uh, Jerry Palalaki guy. He's in it. Um, and probably a few other people you've seen. But uh, so it's about these this group, and they're like, you know, they're just kind of like assholes. They're going around and creating these lies and stuff. So they create this lie. So so there's apparently a serial killer, and they and they're, they're using technology. You know, back in 2005, technology was the thing. So they were typing these messages and stuff, emails, and so they're pretending. One of them is pretending to be the killer. And then they think the killer got into the system, and they and the killer knows about it, and the killer's after them. It's it's not bad. I like I said, I enjoy it. I don't think it's great, but not bad. Okay. Up next was a new movie called Slother House. You heard of this one, Slother House? <laughs> Slother House. No, uh, I haven't heard of that one. Uh huh. Young, uh, Emily Young, a senior, wants to be elected to her sorority president. She adopts a cute sloth, thinking it will be the new mascot to help her, until a string of fatalities implicate the sloth as the main suspect in the murders. It was just really silly. I mean, I mean, if you're in the mood for something really silly, and it, then it, it's for you. Uh, if not, probably steer clear. It's just it's really silly. It's kind of like dumb fun. And if you're in, and if that's what you're in the mood for, you probably like it. Otherwise, probably not for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, she adopted a sloth. I mean, that's pretty silly right there, you know. Yeah, yeah. the whole concept is totally silly. silly. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing. So you know, if you're going into it thinking this ain't scary, it ain't. <laughs> it's just silly. But you know. <laughs> that's funny. Okay. I did, so I did, I did a rewatch of the thing. That was one of my favorites. I did. I did watch that one. Love that movie. Um, up next was Amber Alert. Have you ever seen this movie? No, I don't think so. Uh, when a group of friends decides to follow a car they've seen posted on Amber Alert, things start to go very wrong. So this is a found footage movie. Um, it's got a good payoff. It's got a good payoff. I don't know if it warrants being good to get through it to get to the payoff, but it's uh, I think it tries to be shocking. It almost tries to be Megan is missing, almost, almost. Not, not, not that shocking. But the pay, the, the payoff is a little bit like, whoa, I didn't expect that out there. Yeah. But the found footage aspect of it isn't that entertaining, to be honest. I mean, it's okay. But they're just they're they literally are following the car uh, through most of the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, you know, until until the end. So that if you're you know. Again, I don't know if you'd want to to watch it to to get there, but uh, if not, you know, maybe, maybe skip it. Uh, okay. Up next, I did a rewatch of Species, the collection, the series uh, one through four. Species one, two, three, and four. Now you say, I don't think you've seen it. You say you didn't see these movies, or you haven't seen? Them? Yeah, I know I haven't seen them at all. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, and they're really good, right? These well, really good. I really like one, two pretty good they're kind of like a they're kind of like a slope you know they do kind of go downhill three and fours and maybe probably skip those but check out one see if you really like it okay and it's 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 about an alien who wants to fornicate to have a baby i mean there's a lot of nudity and sexual stuff <laughs> but it's they're really good the first one and two maybe so yeah i would say worth a watch if you like that kind of sci-fi stuff okay okay up next was a new movie called Monsters of California. Monsters of California. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've never heard of it either. Okay. Now, this was 
made by uh, Tom DeLong, who is, uh, if you don't know who that is, he is the guitarist and one of the singers of Blink-182. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, if you don't know much about Blink-182, I'm a, I'm a punk punk uh, rock kind of guy, so I'm, I'm a fan of those. But uh, Tom left the band for a long time to go search for aliens. And, uh, oh. and it, oh, yeah, like, that's crazy. <laughs> like, really? I mean, he, he had his other, he had another band called Angels and Airwaves, but he basically was going to go search for aliens. And, you know, like when they were talking like recently about the government showing videos, un- unveiling videos and stuff, of, like mm-hmm. unidentified, unidentified, you know, UFOs, uh, some of that footage was his. Oh, that's crazy. So, oh, that's crazy. So was, okay. Yeah, so he was kind of involved in all that stuff. Um, so he made a movie, and guess what it's about? <laughs> it's about aliens. It's about oh. aliens and, <laughs> and, and Bigfoot, but that's another story. Uh, but um, and I mean, it really is a movie about him just saying, "Hey, the government knows; they're covering it up." <laughs> I mean, it really kind of is. It's not bad, uh, especially to, for a first movie. I don't think he's ever been involved in movies before, other than maybe like a an extra or something in the movie. Um, so uh, it isn't bad. Uh, it's probably not a great movie. I don't know if you would like it or not. There's not a whole lot of action. There's a few little things at the end, but it's more like a thinking man's sort of thing. And he does really try to get you in there with the the knowledge that the government is, you know, you know, keeping everything under wraps. Which I mean, there's been other movies that do that, but uh, that's really that's really what he's saying here. So, is this a newer movie? This is a yeah. This is a new movie. Just came out this year. Okay. Yeah. Um, up next is a new movie called Night of the Hunted. Night of the Hunted. Mm-hmm. Uh, when an unsuspecting woman stops at a re- remote gas station in the dead of night, she's made the plaything of a sociopath sniper with a secret vendetta. To survive, she must not only dodge the bullets and fight for her life, but also figure out who wants her dead and why. Okay, so that sounds interesting. Was it? Did you like it? I should. I actually did like it. When I saw the trailer, I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna like this or not because it's like it's somebody and they're shooting at him. What is this phone booth? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but <laughs> but it actually was really good. I did like it. Yeah, um, and I because and, it doesn't tell you everything. You don't. It, you're left with with questions, so it doesn't explain it all. You're like, what? What? What is happening and why? And you, and you don't really get all the answers you, you, you want maybe. And sometimes that can be annoying, but I feel like sometimes it works because it leaves you like questioning, like, hmm, interesting. Um, sometimes I do, which you know this already. You know that because uh, Martyrs is a good example. Sometimes I kind of like that because I can play out in my own head how I think, what I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can make my own story. Yeah. Oh, because of this, and that's what I come up with. But yeah. everybody might think something differently. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I, I thought it was pretty good. I think that was on Shutter. Um, okay. Up next was a new movie called Us or Them. That's so funny. My um, nephews was just telling me about this. Um, this they're movie? like, "Have you se- have you seen it?" And I was like, "No." And they were kind of telling me a little bit about, it, and they're like, "It's weird. It's weird." Mm-hmm. Um, did you think it was weird? Probably not. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's not, I guess you wouldn't even really say it's a horror movie, really, but it is because it's kind of like, 
I want to play a game kind of thing. I mean, it's uh, it's really low budget, but I, I mean, I think it was done pretty effectively to be so low budget because we're have we're like just a few characters and one really major location for the most part. <clears throat> so it's about these guys who kind of like agree to play this game because they're trying to get money, and they you know like if you play the game, you'll get money, and they kind of get lured into it, and then it's like, well, okay, if you play this game. Okay, this is the stakes. If you go farther, we're gonna actually just uh, we're gonna like uh, lock your arm to the table, and you can't move your arm. And they're like, "Huh? You're, like, you're joking, right?" But then they agree to it because they, you know, the, the stakes are pretty high for the money, you know. Mm-hmm. And and so what it is, it really just kind of pits them against each other. It's like mm-hmm. it's like the game is like if one chooses red, uh, if they both choose red, then um, whatever they say that's going to happen will happen, but they both get the money. If one chooses blue and the other one chooses red, then uh, the one that chooses blue, I think nothing happens to them. And the other one, Oh, they get the money. The other one, the thing happens to, but they, they, they uh, lose that amount of money instead of get gaining it. And if they both choose blue, the thing happens to both of them and neither one of them get the money. So it's kind of this back and forth about like, who do you trust and can you trust your friend and they're kind of playing each other. And then the, the stakes are really, really bad. Like really bad. Like this ain't like a, Oh, if you, uh, if you don't do this, you'll, we'll cut your fingernails. It ain't like that. It's really uh, stakes are high. I thought it was pretty good. It, I mean, again, it's not, there's not much to it. It's pretty simple, but it was done pretty well. Kind of reminds me as you're telling me this. It kind of reminds me like the first thing that comes to my mind is Squid Game. Is it Squid Games? Is that what it's called? Squid Games. Yeah, I I, I can't tell you much about Squid Games because I never watched it, but I, I oh, okay. it's probably it's probably similar. Yeah, yeah, that's what I yeah I'm thinking so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Squid Games was good. They they continued it after that one season. I'm like, eh, can't watch another one of those. <laughs> you watch? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Yep, you don't play that story so many times. Nope. Right. Right. Um, all right. So, and what what was that one called again? Um, that one was called "Us or Them." Oh, "Us or Them." Okay, not okay. I had an "and," so it's "Us or Them." Oh, which makes mm-hmm. sense. The title makes sense. Okay. Uh, up next was a, a new movie called "The Bell Keeper." This is a little low budget independent movie. It wasn't that great. Uh, it's like you go and you ring the bell, and then the bell keeper comes and kills everybody. Um, but you come to find out that he's the good guy because they turn into like demons and stuff. That it was okay. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, amazing. Nothing. Nothing. Any, anybody has to watch. You know. Yeah. Up next was a rewatch of a 1997 movie called Night Watch. Have you seen this one? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. This course. is a this is a great movie. I really like this movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's sort of kind of like a. Cool classic. I mean, to me, it is. So yeah. well, you said you hadn't watched that many. <laughs> well, you haven't watched that many classics, but that one. I mean, I would consider that a classic movie. I mean, for me, anyways. Yeah, I mean, I, I like it. I don't watch it every Halloween or anything, but I do enjoy it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it, it might be easy to kind of figure out the plot when you get so long, but it's still it still pay off. It pays off pretty good. Yeah, I, I think, think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, up next was Lucky ba- a rewatch of Lucky Bastard. Have you seen this movie? I don't think so. So if it's a rewatch, it must have been good. I do like Lucky Bastard. Now it's it's weird. Um, I want Okay, so Lucky Bastard. It, 
A fan is invited to take part in a porn video with his favorite porn star. He is romantically rejected and goes on a killing spree on location. Oh. So this is a found footage movie, uh, but it, it's done very effectively. I, I really like it. So it's about like these uh, owners of all these different kind of porn like uh, sites and stuff. And one of like there's different ones, and like and one of them is Lucky Bastard. And the thing is, is the guy gets to actually have sex with the girl. That's kind of the whole thing. You're the lucky bastard. So this guy gets um, <clears throat> chosen, and they take him out and everything, and they're like you know trying to make it happen but it doesn't work out and uh and the girl's finally like no nah, i'm done so uh but and he's like very meek kind of very uh like not somebody you would suspect to be homicidal because he's very like just timid you know but turns okay. out turns out he has a wild side he got, comes back for revenge uh so you probably would remember the girl uh and look this is nc-17 like this is this is um, as much realistic, simulated, if not uh, not unsimulated, uh, sex that you'll ever see in a movie. Uh, but uh, the girl is Betsy Rue. Uh, she was in that movie. Uh, she was in the new remake of My Bloody Valentine. Oh, okay. She, which she which the, one was the, she? She was the blonde, the one that got completely naked in that movie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So she's comfortable with nudity, and she's totally naked in this one as well. So, uh, but it's a good movie. It's really well done. Um, I, I do like it. Like I said, it's NC seventeen, so it's not for the meat. Um, okay. So I did do a rewatch of The Wicker Man. I do love that movie. Uh, they did just come out with a final cut version of it. It's got a few extra scenes in it. Um, that I was going to say, which one do you, do you watch? Are we, are we talking the original oh, or always, the Nicolas Cage? It's always the original. I haven't seen that Nicolas Cage one in a long time. I, I did watch it once, I think only once. I don't think I've seen it uh, since then. No, it's the original. I, I love the original. So I've, I haven't seen the original, but I have seen the remake. Well, that's, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate because it's nothing like the original. <laughs> There's okay. nothing like, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm sure you'll see aspects of it, but no, no, uh-uh, no. The original was okay. fantastic, and that one is abysmal. <laughs> it's funny, I was talking about this movie, so I I love sometimes, sometimes I'm like, I want to watch an old-ass movie. I just do that sometimes. I'm like, I don't want to watch anything that just come out in the last 20 years. I want to watch something old. And that movie did kind of come up, and so I kind of wrote it on my list. Mm-hmm. But I ended up watching something else. But so the original. So I will watch watch this by the time we talk again. I'm sure. Okay. Good. Yeah. It, it, it's it's fantastic. I I do love it. Uh, so up next nice. was a movie called Kidnapped. This one dropped on Shutter recently. I'd never heard of this movie. It came out in 2010 though. Um, and I'm probably not even fair to say to even uh, comment on it really because it was kind of in the, in the background. I wasn't really paying too much attention to it to be honest. Uh. Because it is kind of that standard sort of, you know, home invasion sort of stuff. So I was kind of like, eh, whatever, whatever. But it does have a really good ending. Uh, it, okay. It, it, it does end very well. Not a, not a Hollywood indie, I wouldn't say. Um, so worth a watch for that. It's on Shutter. Um, yeah. It's not like the um, Halle Berry movie, is it? I don't know. No. <laughs> that's no. called that's called like Kidnap. This is Kidnapped. This is kidnapped, yeah. Kidnapped. Okay, so I haven't heard of this one then, okay. Yeah. Three hooded Eastern European criminals burst into a home 
in a Madrid-gated community, hold the family hostage in its home, and force the family to empty, empty his credit cards. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty brutal. It, yeah, it, it's worth a watch. Okay. Of course, we talked about Sandman, S and M Man already. Uh, and up next was a little movie I never watched before, from 2006, called Header. Have you seen Header? Header, no. Okay. Uh, so this is on Tubi. Um, it's considered a extreme movie. And I'm not. I'm not saying it's not. But it's it's sort of too silly to be good. It's low budget, so it's not as good as it probably could have been done. So here's this thing. Okay. It, Header portrays the grueling psychological journey taken by an ATF agent. On the surface, he struggles to solve a string of bizarre murders. But in secret, he, his life falls into a world of corruption that's impossible to escape. Deceit, rape, murder, and spiral out of control, triggering a hellish conclusion that Defies description. So you got you got this sort of story with the ATF guy. It's kind of come and go. I think it's mostly filler, to be honest. But, I mean, it ends with it. It wraps up with it. But it's really about these rednecks who are kind of like they have these feuds with each other. Mm-hmm. So the, it focuses on this one guy and his grandpa, who's an amputee. They get these people from these feud, feuding families kill them, drill their head open, and then have sex with their head. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Kind of like, kind of, oh, kind of like headless, sort of, in a way. Kind of like headless, but it's header. Header, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and, that, and that really is basically the premise. That, that's, really, that's really the shockingness to it. But it's not really. I mean, but the, their dialogue and stuff to me is very cringeworthy because it's like try to make hillbillies terrible, you know that. And like, and but like the dude, like he's he's naked. He just got done finishing the job. He goes and grabs his grandpa, who's an amputee, and puts him there. It's so. I mean, there are some. But but it, it, honestly, it's funny to me. It's not like gritty, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's not as gritty as it probably wants to be, I think. I mean, probably worth a watch, maybe, but it's on TV. You know, it's funny. It's funny how some movies, like, if they're, like, you're saying, like, it could have been better maybe if they had more of a budget. It's weird how some movies are like that, but then some Headless is a good example. Like, that's a, lo- a lower budget movie, but I think if it had, a like, a larger budget, it wouldn't have been as good. Yeah. Well, I mean, it can work, but yeah, some some of them do fall short because of they're trying to do, uh, I, I don't know, this, this whatever they're trying to do doesn't work on the level, you know. Like, yeah, just kind of know what know what you can do with with what you have, I guess, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah you're, yeah, you're right, you're right. Okay, I got three more for you. Okay, five nights at Freddy's, like the one that just came just, out, just came out, just dropped. Did so? Did you like? Did you like it? <laughs> Uh, I mean, it was pretty good. Um, believe it or not, it's actually done crazy well at the at the box office this weekend. Um, like, I guess it's the se- right now the second highest opening for Bl- for Bloomhouse. Oh, I didn't even realize that was Bloomhouse. Wow, which is which is kind of weird because it also debuted on Peacock at the same time. That's where I watched. I watched on Peacock. Uh, mm-hmm. But people showed up in theaters for it. Uh, it. Yeah, it's like surpassed everything but Halloween for them. 
and it may end up surpassing Halloween. Who knows? But uh, uh, when it's over, I don't know. But uh, yeah, uh, everybody apparently wanted to go see it. So I mean, obviously it's Halloween, so people do go watch movies on Halloween. You know, Halloween movies at Halloween time. But and this is PG thirteen, so the whole family. Now, uh, I mean, I thought it was all right. I, I didn't know much about the story to be honest, because I've never played the games. So right. I'm sure I'm sure a lot has been lost on me with the, with the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's good to see Matthew Lillard back in a horror movie. Um, oh, nice. Okay, so I didn't realize he was in it. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, for me personally, I mean, I guess I would probably go back and watch uh, Willy's Wonderland or the Banana Splits movie. You know, because those are kind of the same thing, but hard. You know, there are. It's not a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. I, I enjoyed it. I didn't hate it. Uh, for PG-13, you know, I'll give it that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Up next was Bad Girl Boogie. Bad Girl Boogie. I've never heard of this one either. You always have the craziest <laughs> list. Yeah. This one came out in 2022. Um, Halloween blood is shed by the wearer of a parasitic mask cursed with a black magic and bigotry. Uh, friends are killed by the person wearing the mask. They must overcome the struggles, fight their fear, and find the killer before he slaughters everyone. Uh, it's pretty decent. Uh, so the thing about this movie, uh, this was made by Alice McKay, who is only, I think, 19 years old. Oh, wow, that's crazy. And this wasn't... Uh, so Alice made So Vam, which I watched. That was on Shudder. Uh, before this one, and then made this one, and then made one that's another one called T Blockers. I've not seen that one, and and now is making another one. So prolific. Uh, I mean, for a nineteen-year-old, I gave it some leniency. It's not great by any means, but it's a it's a slasher. It's even got some Jalo uh, scenes in here. Uh, there's definitely some filler. It's not. Uh, it's definitely not a perfect movie for sure. But I, I liked it better than I thought I was going to. Yeah, I'm still tripping on the 19 years old, dude. I was so wet behind the ears when I was 19. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, like making a movie. But you know, I, I hear you hear about um, filmmakers who, you know, they got their passion when they were like a kid and like, you know, well, filming yeah. movies in their backyard, you well, know. Right. So. Right. But the difference was is these kids, when, when you talk about these, these older uh, people, filmmakers, they're like, oh, I made movies, but I made like a Super 8 or I made something on a, on a you know, VHS camcorder or something like that. In my backyard, yes, we're talking about these these people are making full length feature movies that are getting distributed. Nineteen years old. It's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. That's yeah. th- that's impressive. Very yeah. impressive. Yeah. So I mean, hey, kudos, kudos for, uh, for being that that Asian and making movies. So yeah, no uh, shit. And the last thing I watched was Monster Inside America's Most Extreme Haunted House. Have you seen this? Have you heard anything about it? I think I have seen it. Um, just came out. Is it a? Is it a? Be- does it tell you about the um, where they ki- push all your l- limits and boundaries in these haunted houses? You have to sign the waiver and all that. Uh, it, it, I mean, that is it, but it's it's one specific haunted house. It's not like. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, th- this one just dropped this this month. This okay. Is, uh, this is. But is it is it the is the haunted house like in Tennessee? Yes. Okay, so I do. I I heard of the movie. I heard of the movie, and when that when that haunted house first opened up, every all my coworkers and everybody was like, 
oh my God, Bridget, I thought about you and da 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 And they're sending me, you know, messages on Messenger. And I'm like, I don't even fucking like haunted houses for one. And two, I sure as shit wouldn't go in one of them motherfuckers. So uh, no I, way. I, 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 so this is hey, this has been uh, explored in a few other documentaries or, or like stuff. I've seen some stuff on it before, but this is this one is just about about that one specifically. So it, it, it I don't know what to think about it. I mean, so you, what you have here in this documentary is we ha- you have all these some of these people that went through it. They they signed the waiver. They went through it. They volunteered to do it, and now they regret doing it. Basically, is what they they're saying. Um, so obviously he does really extreme stuff, tries to keep you for like seven hours or more. Really? But I guess if you, supposedly if you go so long, you're supposed to get money, but nobody goes that long. Um, they just kind of portray him as a complete psychopathic lunatic. And I'm not saying he's not, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing though. Cause it's like, these people are volunteering for it. They kind of, they seen the videos. They should know by now what he's doing. I mean, mm-hmm. so to regret it afterward, I mean, yeah, I guess you probably could, but I don't know. I don't know if that makes him the monster or are you complicit, you know? Yeah, he's the, he was like um, ex-Marine or something or ex-military. So right, right. And he, I, is this, yeah, okay. So it was okay. originally in California, I think. Got booted out of California. I think he said he tried to do it in Illinois. They wouldn't have it. Went to Tennessee. He's in Tennessee. And that's where he does it, but apparently the wait li- uh, the wait list is like crazy long for this thing. Uh, oh, which is <laughs> I would never thought that. With, I, me either, and, and, and it might not be true, but supposedly it is. So, and the thing is, you don't pay for it; you bring dog food, and that's the donation, and he does it. So his thing is to torture you, basically. I mean, so. Really, uh, yeah, I mean, it takes a certain type of person, I think, that would want to do this. And that's kind of what they explore in it, too, like the certain type of people who would want that sort of thing. Like, I like haunted houses, all right, uh, more than you, but it's not something that interests me, really. That that kind of stuff, like, I, it, it's not really not my thing. I don't really like people. No, nah, I, I got a bubble, okay? Don't, don't, <laughs> I, I don't, no, that's not for me. But these people that do it, you know, I mean, they're they're saying like he could he will kill somebody. That's what they're saying. Like he could kill somebody, that kind of stuff. <clears throat> I don't know if he's ever he he is in like the 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 founder, the owner of the place. Yeah, he's pretty much the one that does it. I think. Oh, okay. I, I mean, okay. I, he might have helpers and stuff, but I guess he's the main. You know, he's the one. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe sometimes he doesn't have helpers and stuff. So I don't know exactly how it all unfolds, but I mean, it, it, it's weird because it, you do have to pass all these evaluation stuff to even participate in this and like these mm-hmm. mental exams and stuff. You can't be like certified crazy or whatever uh, as well. It's a good documentary. Watch it. It's on Hulu. I feel, I feel I feel like I should watch it just, you know, especially since I know so much about it and it's in Tennessee. I think it might be interesting to watch, but it's, it's funny when you're saying – you know, I I enjoy haunted houses. I wouldn't even consider that even a haunted house. Not really. I mean, it, it's supposed to play to your fears, which haunted houses do. But right, it, right. it's just too extreme because, like, we're talking about wa- waterboarding, and we're talking about like just all these weird things. That they obviously they they find out what your fears are and they exploit them. Really, yeah. 
Yeah, that just doesn't even sound like a good time to me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, I'll just wait. I'll stick to my movies. That's good. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're much safer. I mean, I, yeah, again, you know, there's just it does take a, a, probably a certain type of person that would want to do it. And I, and some people probably think, oh, I'm going to beat this and get the money. Of course, I, apparently that's never happened because um, obviously he, he won't let you really do it. That's the catch all. You know, you're not really going to do it, you know. Yeah, thing. isn't it something like if you if you get through it or something like if you and they survive- take your money and donate it to like some dogs or animals or that, something? Well, it doesn't cost anything, so you have to bring dog food. That's the donation. Oh, that that's is. what it is. Okay, but, but if you survive so many hours, apparently you're supposed to get money. Just nobody does. Yeah, I'm, I'm just what. So maybe I should watch this because I'm just sitting here going, "Well, how long do people well, sit there and get tortured before some, they tap out?" Well, I said some was like seven, maybe eight hours, seven, eight hours, you know. <clears throat> oh, of torture! Yeah. Oh, yeah. And finally, you know, probably just like ah, I can't do it anymore, you know, kind of thing. So I don't know. Uh, interesting. Uh, probably some shady stuff going on there for sure. I wouldn't say it's on the up and up. Um, but it is a little interesting because, again, these people did go through it, and now they regret it. They're trying to get people from not doing it, but obviously something made them want to do it, you know. <laughs> and what's the what's the name of this documentary? It's called Monster Inside. Uh, oh, Monster Inside. Okay, America's most America's most extreme haunted house. Okay, yeah. I think I, I think I saw the trailer for it. So, but I I didn't realize it was that same haunted house. I don't know how many of there are out there, but I did know the one in Tennessee, and I didn't even know the thing was even still going. Like the first year, there was a lot of marketing for it, mm-hmm. so it was all over social media. And, right. Um, but I haven't really heard anything else about it. But apparently, apparently. they got a documentary about it. Yeah. You know, so. yeah, apparently still going. Yeah. Still. Yeah. All right. That's that's my long list. You want to get to talking with Donald Farmer? See what he's yeah, got going let's give him on? Sh- yeah, let's give him a show. All right, cool. Okay, so tonight we have a special guest. We have Donald Farmer with us. Hey, Donald, how are you? Okay. Oh, All right, nice. awesome. Well, Donald Farmer is a cult horror indie filmmaker and a jack-of-all-trades. Is that about right? Yeah, I usually write my own scripts and direct them or co-direct them. And and then lately I've started editing my own movies. I, I For years I always had other people edit them, but for the last four movies I've started being the primary editor too because oh. it's too much trouble having other people do it. Right, right. Well, well, Donald, let's go back a little bit now. You've been making movies for about 50 years now, is that right? Yeah, I did my first one in 73. All right, so about 50 years. Uh Take us back a little bit. What what got you into the horror stuff? Now, you started out as a journalist. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I was a journalist for two newspapers in Tennessee where I covered everything from entertainment to courtroom, murder trials, rape trials, car wrecks, government meetings. I interviewed presidential candidates like Walter Mondale and... Al Gore, and I interviewed Watergate people when they would come through. I interviewed astronaut John Glenn, so they would have me do all these interviews. And and then they also had me interview a lot of country music people that I didn't really know too much about since I'm not big on country music. But So I had to sort of crash, do a little study about them before I interviewed them to 
learn a few things so that I didn't seem totally uh, totally oblivious about their careers. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. But what got you into the horror? Uh, well, I've always been uh, interested in horror movies since I was about 10 and, um, you know, would watch uh, them on TV. You know, I watched uh, Shock Theater, which in Nashville used to carry the whole package of universal classic movies from the 30s and 40s. And uh, this was like in the 60s, where every Saturday night at 1030 during the early 60s to mid 60s, there was a show called Shock Theater hosted by Dr. Shock, and he uh, he showed all the universal classics like Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, Son of Frankenstein, Mummy's Hand, Mummy's Ghost, Mummy's Curse, Mummy's, you know, uh, Tomb, and uh, all those classic ones, the, world, the Wolfman, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, Son of Dracula, Dracula's Daughter. Just There was a whole package of universal classic movies that they would show every Saturday night. And then also I would watch uh, occasionally Hammer movies would be shown on TV. So, you know, watching all those on TV got me interested. I didn't really start seeing a lot of horror movies in theaters until I was 14. Uh, but until then, I watched them on TV. And uh, that's what got me interested in them. And then even when I was 12 years old, I made my first attempt at a horror movie, but it was only three minutes long and in, in, uh, in eight millimeters. So. I didn't make my first commercially distributed movie until 73, 50 years ago when I made uh, started making Super 8 short films, about 30 minutes, 15 minutes, 40 minutes, different different rinks. And all of them now are on Blu-ray uh, in these two volumes, the Donald Farmer Collection Volume 1 and Volume 2. And so all my old Super 8 shorts are now commercially distributed on Blu-ray, and you can get them and look at the trailers on YouTube. Very cool. Very cool. That's fun. Yeah. And you've done acting too, right? Haven't um, weren't you in one of the um, George Romero zombie movies? Or am I am I right? Or no? Yeah, uh -huh. I was in Day of the Dead, which was his okay. third zombie movie, and I played a zombie in it. I was like uh, the since I was taller than most of the other zombies, they usually put me in the back uh, row. So uh, usually you can see me in like three rows back with my head sticking up because I'm taller than everybody else. And um, but yeah, the, George Romero always had this habit of putting all the short zombies up front. So unfortunately, I wasn't short enough to be one of the front zombies. Oh, one wow, exception okay. he made to that was he uh, had Bob Martin, who at the time was the editor of Fangoria, and he put mm -hmm. him in the front because obviously he wanted to uh, make good, nice with Fangoria so that they would give him lots of publicity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I was in that. I was in a. I've been in a few movies for other people that I didn't make myself. Um, I was also in a movie called They Bite, which was you know featured on the cover of Infotal magazine, and it was also sort of featured in a Stephen King movie called Sleepwalkers, where they show a movie theater that's showing They Bite. Oh. And I worked. I worked okay. on that movie both as, as a casting director and a bit actor in it. So. But yeah, and then most recently, I just uh, co-starred in a movie called Chicken's Blood, where I have a co-starring role. And so every once in a while, I act in other people's movies. But I usually, you know, usually if I'm acting, it's going to be in one of my own movies. Right. And you, you did some acting in a few of my little movies, too, back in the day. Uh, but also, you, you did a reality TV show, uh, Megan Wants a Millionaire. Talk to us a little bit about that. What, what br brought that about? Well, it was just that uh, I thought it would be fun to be on a national TV show. So I auditioned for a few, and that was the one that uh, agreed to cast me. You know, the 
first one I tried to get on was this dating show called Love Connection, but I couldn't get past the first audition for that. But with the other show, the VH1 show, when I auditioned for it, it was called by a different title. It was called something else. And, uh, but anyway, it was a very long casting process. I had to go through, they put me through three months of casting auditions where they would make me send photos. Then they made me send videos. Then they made me send custom made videos where I had to make my own video showing why I should be on it. And then they made me, they gave me a huge contract that was like as thick as a phone book that I had to read and sign. And then when, then they said that I had made the preliminaries, but I wasn't cast yet. They said they were flying me to LA. Once you come to LA and do the final audition. So they flew me to LA and I did two more days of auditioning. And after two more days of auditioning, then that's when they cast me. (laughs) So it was like a long drawn out process. It's very difficult to get on one of those reality shows they really put you through the ringer you know auditioning you yeah they basically make sure that you're not going to be nervous in front of the camera and you're not going to freeze up because you know when i was on that show i was always being filmed simultaneously by at least 10 cameras sometimes cameras would stand around me in a circle and shoot me from every angle and the, also, the mansion we were filming in had cameras in the ceiling of every room except the bathroom, cameras that film you while you're sleeping. And so they make they got to make sure you're not a person that's nervous being in front of a lot of cameras. Right. Right. So they put me through these uh, auditions where they would try to uh, see if they could intimidate me and freak me out or get me angry on camera. And, but I stayed calm because I, I knew exactly what they were doing. I knew what game they were playing. So I just rolled with it. And whenever they would try to, they would do these things where they would try to embarrass me and ask me questions that they they thought would embarrass me. But I just shot even more embarrassing stuff right back at them to let them know that there's nothing they could say that would embarrass me. So since I, you know, I played the game like that because I knew exactly what they were doing. Every time they tried to pull a trick on me, I knew exactly what they were doing. So they they really couldn't trick me like they thought they could. Now, would you do something like that again? Well, yeah, but it's just very hard to get on these shows. I mean, that was a grueling audition process. So it's easier to get on game shows. A friend of mine was recently on uh, The Price is Right, and she had an easier time getting on that. But then she also was on uh, Divorce Court. And for that, she just totally fabricated a husband because her her boyfriend, she wasn't even married, and her boyfriend refused to go on the show with her. So she just got one of her friends to pretend to be her husband. And so they went on the, together pretending they were getting divorced. And apparently whoever interviewed her for the show didn't do much of a background check because they just let her ride on the show. <laughs> hey, so you have to audition to be on the prices, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, you have to audition for any show. Uh, Damn. Audition wants to be on, who wants to be a millionaire, the Reaches Philbin show. And mm-hmm. they put me through a really, grueling audition process to be on that show. And then toward the end, they actually accepted me, but then I ended up turning it down because after they accepted me, I found out that, you know, when I was on the VH1 reality show, they pay for everything. They pay for all your airfare from Tennessee to Los Angeles. They put you in a fancy hotel. They give you per diem money. They pay for all your meals. Everything's paid for. But when I auditioned to be on who wants to be a millionaire, they said they didn't pay for anything. You had to fly there at your own expense, get your own hotel and, and then even when you got there, there was no guarantee. They would put you in the audience, but then there was no guarantee they would pick you from the audience to play the game. So 
I thought with no more guarantee than that, it wasn't worth going all the way out there. So I just, after I got to that stage in the audition, I told them I wasn't interested. Yeah. Oh, yeah that's great. They were ready to put me on it. If I had been willing to fly out there at my own expense, I just didn't want to feel like it. Once I was on the VH1 show, then I actually got an invitation to a party at the Playboy Mansion. But I found out that they, uh, they invite everybody who's on a reality show to these parties and then they charge you a fortune to attend their parties because their parties aren't free. So they, <laughs> if you're invited to one of these parties it, because you've been on a reality show, they expect you to pay several hundred dollars as your party fee and all this sort of stuff. So when I found out, and then they told me that the night I was going to go, the entertainment for the evening was going to be Kanye West, who I can't stand. So <laughs> once I found out all that, I just declined to go to the Playboy match because I wasn't going to pay several hundred dollars to suffer through Kanye West. <laughs> that's funny. But basically that's something interesting to know. I guess they don't do this anymore, but back when Hugh Hefner was still alive, uh, if you were on a reality show, you got an automatic invitation to the Playboy Mansion. Crazy. And charge you money to get in. That's mm -hmm. funny. Uh, unless you're a girl. Girls get in free, but the men have to pay. Because I, I know a, a couple of female friends of mine that have been in my movies, they've both been, and they told me they got to go for free. But but a yeah. friend of mine who is also a film producer, um, he went one time, and he said he paid the fee to go. So if you're a guy, you, you definitely have to pay unless you're a celebrity. But if you're a good-looking girl, you don't have to be a celebrity, then they'll let you in free. All right. Mike, would you pay Would you pay a few hundred dollars to go to a Playboy Mansion? Well, that's the thing. They, I was invited, but I didn't go because I found out it was going to cost several hundred dollars, and yeah. and you were expected to sit through a Kanye West performance and applaud like you loved him. And I, cause they're probably going to be filming you, and there was no way I could pretend to be a Kanye West fan. Yeah, well, I understand. I understand that. I completely understand. Um, so you're saying, so um, casting process was really, really long on the reality shows. What about what about you when you're um, when you're looking for actors for your movies? What kind of process do you put your actors through? Do you uh, um, do you audition them yourself? Well, I I use a talent pool of pretty much the same people over and over again, yeah. and. Uh, I don't really make my actors audition. Uh, I usually only cast people that have been in other movies. And so you don't have to audition. Your audition is just sending me a clip from another movie you've done and let me see okay. what you did in your other movie. So I really don't make people audition if I've never used them before. I just ask them to send me a clip of a movie they've done so that I can see them in a, in a scene from another movie. But I tend not to want to hire people that have never been in a movie before, except it's unless it's for really small parts where we're just hard up to a small part because, uh, you know, it's, it's too risky to entrust a large part with a lot of dialogue to somebody that's never done it before. It's a little too risky. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I, I really don't even do auditions. Your audition is sending me a clip of your previous movie. That's your audition. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Are, do you I, have any projects have, right I have now? I stable of people that I use over and over again. So, yeah. I mean, if I have any male roles, I always I have these two guys, uh, Claude and Steve, and they're always first in line to get any male roles I have. Claude is like the best actor I know, uh, the best male actor I know. So I always give him the biggest roles with the most dialogue. Like in my new movie, Darby's Scream House, he's going to play Ben, Darby's boyfriend. And I always give him the biggest roles because he's like a nice, he can handle tons of dialogue. There's another actor I use a lot, Joe Casterline. He's like a 
he's like a classical actor. He does Shakespeare plays in Knoxville. He just starred in the lead role in a production of Macbeth. And he's really good at memorizing lines and really giving a good performance. So he's another one I like to use a lot. Uh, but yeah, I, I have just, you know, this little repertory company and I use the same people over and over again. I'd, I'd rather use the same people and, and then every once in a while, I'll bring in a new person. Like on the movie I just finished, we had my repertory company, but we had one new person, which was uh, Mel Heflin. But Mel has done several movies from other producers, so it's not like she was a newbie. She's been doing she's been doing movies for other people for years. I've I've read about her on Facebook for years doing other movies. So there's really no risk hiring somebody that's already done you know several movies. Okay, was the Darby Scream House was that your last movie that you you finished? No, that's the one we're going to be doing in December. The one I just oh, finished gotcha. is uh, is Blood Bitch Baby. That's the one we just finished. Blood Bitch Baby. I've completely finished. I've completely finished my part of it. I've uh, I've completed the edit and I've turned the edit over to my assembly editor. And my assembly editor is once I turn in the edit to him, my assembly editor then masters it onto hard drives and he adds music, extra music, and sound effects. Uh, but I have one person who's in charge of just titles. That's all he does is the opening titles and the end titles. And then I do the preliminary edit and then I send it to my assembly guy and the assembly guy does the final assembly edit and he uh, masters it onto hard drives. Okay. And then we, and then that's what we deliver to our distributor. We deliver to them a hard drive. Okay. When you're coming up with these movies, Donald, what do you usually come up with first? Is it the title or the plot? What do you what what's usually your process? Uh, well, usually I think of a title first. You, you know, the most important thing now is to have a high concept title. It's a very marketable title. You, you know, you need to stay away from generic titles. The only time I've had a generic title is when I've uh, worked with uh, an executive producer who insisted on naming the movie. Like I worked with this realist of uh, this uh, guy who owned a car lot and he put up a hundred grand for me to do this movie with Robert Zadar called Deadly Memories. I wanted to call the movie Body Shop because it was about murders that took place in an auto body shop, but he insisted on naming the movie since he put all the money up for it. And so he called it Deadly Memories, which is a very generic, boring title that doesn't really tell you anything. So if one of my movies has a generic title, it's probably because the money person wouldn't let me title it. But in most cases, I, name, I title my own movies. I've got several titles. I have several titles that I want to do. So I've got several titles in mind for future movies. So I have no shortage of ideas for future films. Okay, cool. Yeah. So but it's also that... it's also very important when you're thinking of doing a movie to know who your potential distributor is and to run the concept by them before you start shooting to make sure that this is something they would be interested in distributing. So I like to do that too. I don't like to just shoot a movie blind, go off and shoot it with no feedback and then hope I can find a distributor. There's a certain number of valid distributors right now operating for us physical media. And if I'm targeting a movie for one of them, uh, then I like to run the idea by them before I start shooting to make sure it's something that they would be interested in distributing if I make it. That way I'm not just running off and shooting it blind with no feedback. Okay. Yeah. And now you you use different distributors, but a lot of your movies are not streaming, right? A lot of them are just physical copies. Uh, is that intentional? Yeah, that's right. My uh, Some of them are streaming, but my new one, Debbie Does Demons, is available only on physical media. 
Yeah. Is it good? Also, also my other new one, Undead, my anthology movie that I produced. It's only on physical media. It's on Blu-ray from SRS Video. So yeah. But usually, even if it's if a movie is ultimately going to go to streaming, there's usually a window when it's first released on physical media. They like to have a window, usually maybe six months, uh, given it exclusivity on physical media before they turn it over to streaming. It's never a good idea to put a movie on streaming the same day that you drop the Blu-ray. It's better to give that Blu-ray a window of exclusivity so that if anybody is inclined to buy the Blu-ray, then you make that their only option for several months. And do you find that the physical media is still selling as well as it did 10 years ago? Or has there been a change? Well, there's like, uh, you know, the rise of boutique, uh, these uh, specialty labels that specialize in certain types of movies, like Severin Video specializes in 60s and 70s classic horror movies, mainly European ones, and Vinegar Syndrome specializes in grindhouse movies that played in nasty theaters in New York and whatever, and drive-ins, and so... Various distributors specialize in different types of movies. I've done a few movies for um, uh, Wild Eye, for uh, Culture Shock releasing and Wild Eye, and Wild Eye only wants new movies. If they're going to put out an older movie, they only put their older movies out through their subsidiary label called Visual Vengeance. So that label is created just for older movies. But if it's a new movie, Wild Eye only puts out new movies, whereas with Culture Shock, which has released three of my movies, and they're going to also be releasing my new one, Blood Bitch Baby. Uh, they put out a combination of new and old. Some of their releases are new ones, and some of them are old ones, like they just put out Virgin High with Linnea Quigley and Michelle Bauer, and that's an old one from the 80s. But they also put out a lot of new ones, too. They just put out a brand new Linnea Quigley movie called Thrust with Linnea and Aaron Brown, who's also known as Misty Mundy. So they put out a little mix of old and new. So this is a little, little off the top, a little off the topic, but so you you make you make horror movies. Are you a horror movie fan yourself? Oh yeah, huh? yeah. I have. I've always been since I was like I said since I was you know probably eight years old. Yeah. Any well, any particular I, genre or anything? Anything special? Or you just love big variety? Like what are you really into? Well, I'm mainly into 60s and 70s, and my favorite movies are the ones that were made by uh, Hammer Films, Amicus, American International, and also Italian horror films of the 60s and 70s, like Mario Bava and Dario Argento. But 60s and 70s is what I'm primarily interested in. Uh, once the 80s came along, the only 80s horror movies I'm really interested in are the stuff like the Lucio Fulci and Argento movies and Umberto Lindsay from the early 80s, but I'm not so much interested in all the Friday the 13th and Halloween sequels and, you know, My Bloody Valentine and April Fool's Day, all those movies that came out in the early 80s. I'm not so much a fan of those. I'm mainly, a, I'm mainly if it's not 60s or 70s, then I'm mainly a fan of uh, European horror movies from other decades. And then, but now, but now is, uh, you know, there's still a few great horror movies coming out nowadays, especially, you know, the ones made by Brandon Cronenberg and the ones made by uh, uh, Ari Aster, you know, so there's still a few good ones coming out every once in a while, although I'm not really big on the 
you know, nine out of 10 Bloomhouse movies I'm not so interested in, but every once in a while they make one I like. Like I, I was a big fan of Megan. So that's one of the few Bloomhouse movies I like, although most of their movies I'm not interested in. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Quickly, Blue Mountain you. seems to be the biggest horror producer nowadays. So I was going to say, uh, Bridget, uh, when we were making uh, one of my little films, uh, Creature of Habit, Donald came down and played my dad. And while he was there, he mentioned a new movie at the time called A Serbian Film. Just nonchalantly, he was like, yeah, you should check that out. It's a good movie. He didn't say anything about what the movie was about. And then, oh. and then I went and you and didn't see it. it at that point. I had not, right? I had not even heard of it, and I went and went like the next night or two and watched it. It was like holy shit! So, <laughs> so I believe that's, I believe that's some com some company is now putting that out on 4K. Oh, yeah? I saw an AdWords coming out in a new deluxe edition. So you do that like some of the hardcore stuff, right? I really wouldn't call that hardcore. That was uh, that was sort of like a soft X, but it really wasn't. Hardcore. Well, just hardcore horror, like that's what we call it. Uh, hardcore horror, but not the no, sex no, 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 not 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 that kind of horror. hardcore horror. Yeah, yeah, extreme horror, extreme. Right. right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Siberian film was recommended by Donald Farmer for you, Mike. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, that's a good movie to clear people out of your house if you want to get people to leave. <laughs> that's so funny. Still to this day, that's one movie that I have not seen. So it's definitely, definitely on my list. I always said that I'm going to be with Mike when I watch it. We're, we'll sit down and watch it. Um, together. The only reason it's so upsetting is because it's so well made and the, and it has, it's cast with actual professional actors that are considered major stars in Yugoslavia or where they filmed it. So they, they cast actual actors that are, you know, have a good reputations in that country where they made it. They made it in the former Yugoslavia. So it's just that it's because it's so well made and well acted that it's intense. If it had been made for $5,000 with amateur actors, it would just be laughed at. But yeah, that's why it's so intense is because it's so well acted. I agree. And it's very professionally shot. It's, you know, yeah. Technically, it's shot as professionally as any Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, Donald, uh, do, you, do you read the reviews of your movies? Do you, do you uh, look at any of that stuff? That, oh, does sure. Any, does any of that stuff ever affect you? Uh, well, I just, you know, uh, I noticed that uh, Debbie Stevens has been getting my best reviews ever, I think. So that one oh, yeah? would be my best reviewed movie. Okay. When I first started making movies uh, in the 80s, uh, I made these five movies in the 80s, uh, Demon Queen, Cannibal Hookers, Scream Dream, Savage Vengeance, and Vampire Cop. And when I made those, I was operating in a vacuum kind of because there wasn't any physical media at the time where people would review movies on message boards and things like that. And uh, right. my videos, when they came out in video stores, there was no address on the back of the box where people could write me and give me their feedback. So mm -hmm. I was making all these movies in a vacuum with very little feedback. Every, the only feedback I would get was only from people I personally knew that would tell me if they had seen them, but yeah. I was not getting any feedback from strangers. And, um, and so, uh, and the, and then in, we did have a world premiere of scream dream at a horror convention in Baltimore and everybody in the audience seemed to hate it. So I'm amazed that it has so many fans now because at the world premiere, the audience, you know, was very hostile, but now it's considered a cult movie and 
it played at a drive-in in, uh, well, it had two theatrical showings in the last year. It played at a drive-in in Pennsylvania, and it played at a movie theater in Brooklyn just in the last year. Oh, very cool. And it's, and it's getting a new deluxe uh, release from Visual Vengeance. They're putting it out in a new deluxe edition packed with interviews with the cast. And they've actually been able to keep, track down a lot of cast members that I really didn't even know how to contact myself. And so the person who did uh, all the interviews for it, he's a really good detective, and he tracked down all these actors. He tracked down one actor from Screen Dream that I hadn't talked to since 1988. and. Uh, so he gave me her contact info, and so so we put her in our new movie. So it's oh. the first time I've had her in one of my movies since '88. Uh, nice. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I watched yeah, one of your uh, movies the other night. I watched one of your movies. I watched um, Cannibal Hookers. Um, the, the, the new the, one or the old one? It was the old one. I thought it was the newer one. I had bought it, and I thought it was the newer one. So I didn't realize there was two of them, but that's why I was telling Mike earlier. I was like, it's actually really good for that 1980s for the eighties being a low budget indie film. It's really good. Yeah. And we were able to get permission to shoot in um, this mansion owned by Ted Michaels, the director of Astro Zombies. And so we had this really nice mansion to film in, which helped our production value. And uh, that movie was my only movie that I've shot in Los Angeles and so we were able to get a lot of good actors. I mean, our male lead went straight from Cannibal Hookers straight into Nightmare on Elm Street 5 because we were his first movie. And then with that on his resume, he immediately got cast on Nightmare on Elm Street 5. And then the guy who did all our makeup effects, Cannibal Hookers, was his very first movie. And now he's huge. Now he works on all the X-Men movies and he's done personal makeup for Arnold Schwarzenegger and he worked for uh, Benjamin Button with Brad Pitt. He's just, uh, his name is Brian Sipe. And if you look his resume up on IMDb, he's just doing one huge movie after another. Nice. But it all started, it all started for him with uh, Cannibal Hooker. So every once in a while, we have somebody in our movies that goes on to big, the big time. One of our mo- actors in uh, Vampire Cop actually won an Academy Award. So that was a surprise. Awesome. So you you remade that movie because you because everyone loved the movie so much, or you just saw it, you wanted it to be a little bit different. Why'd you why'd you end up doing um, a, a modern version or a different version of it, a newer version? Well, because the original version was licensed to uh, Visual Vengeance and Wild Eye, where they they were the only one that could do anything with it. But there was just a lot of demand for that title. And a lot of interest in it. So I thought I would make a new version that I would control the distribution of since I no longer control the distribution of the original one. So basically, it was just to have a cannibal hookers that I controlled. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Okay. So is it like the like the one that I watched? Is it similar? No, it's completely different. It's a completely different okay. story. It's all new, all different. Okay. All right. So if, I'll have the to only check thing that they one have out in common. The only thing they have in common, the original one is about two girls pledging a sorority that have to pretend to be hookers to get into the sorority. The new one is about a girl who's running away from a religious cult being chased by a psychotic priest. And while she's trying to hide from the crazy priest, she hides at a bordello with these hookers that take her in. But she doesn't know these girls that are taking her in are also cannibal maniacs. And they want to indoctrate her into their ranks and turn her into one of them so that later on when the crazy priest finally catches up with her, she's now better equipped to handle him and to give him a taste of his own medicine. 
Oh, sounds good. <laughs> it sounds good. I'll have to put that one on my list and <laughs> check that one out. Yeah. Yeah. So, Donna, we we play. I don't know if you've ever listened to our podcast or not, but um, we play we play a little game on all of our podcasts. Um, movie quotes. I love movie quotes, especially horror movie quotes. So we um, we usually play a little game where Michael rattle off some movie quotes and. You and I would have to guess what movie it's from. Are you are you down? Do you want to you want to play? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I have a lot of favorite movie quotes. Oh good, good. All right, Don. Let's play a game. All right. So All right. There'll, be, there'll be five of these. I'll just uh, I'll just say the quote, and you know if it, if it if it comes to your head, just uh, just spit it out there. All right. All right. Here we go. All right. Number one. I kick ass for the Lord. Mm, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I've seen that movie. I kick ass for the Lord. Mm -hmm. I kick ass for the I, Lord. I give up. What is it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How about a hint? You want to give us a hint? Yeah. Uh, so the director went on to do a lot of uh, bigger, much bigger uh budget things but this is one of his first earlier works um yeah it, what about do you like give me like a like a decade can you give a decade okay. um it's early 90s oh early 90s okay. 1992 1992 is is the movie uh wasn't made in the u.s this director has gone on to do huge Huge things. One of the probably, I guess, considered top directors of the day. He's I one of the top directors of considered, the day? Is considered, considered one of the top directors of the day, I would say, yes. I kick ass for the Lord. He made, about, he made about three, maybe three-ish horror movies. Then he went on to do epic movies. Okay. 1992... I'm like, nothing's like ringing a bell to me on this one. There is a lawnmower in this movie. A lawnmower scene. A lawnmower oh, the only scene. horror movie I can think of with a lawnmower is where there's Lawnmower Man, and then there's that new movie with Joel McHale, the guy from This Talk, and he he's in a new movie where they kill somebody with a lawnmower. Mm -hmm. Not neither one of those. That's a fairly new movie, that one with Joel. Yeah. Uh, from New Zealand? I think Richard's from New Zealand. Yeah, I well, don't you, know this. I have no idea. No? Yeah, I don't know this one either. All right. Okay. Uh, Peter Jackson is the, the director. Peter Jackson, you know? Lord of the Rings guy? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've never seen I've never seen Lord of the Rings, so... Okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's not my cup to you either, but he... What but, is this from... This is this from Bad Taste or Dead Again or Meet the Feebles, one of those? Dead Alive. Dead Alive. Oh, is it Dead Alive? Okay. Dead Alive. Also I've only seen that once, and it's been so long since I've seen it, I can't remember hardly anything about it. Yeah, That's that's one. me, too. I might need to rewatch that. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's I, remember, I remember liking it, but... Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend in New Zealand that works for Peter Jackson, and he, he basically is one of dozens of people that does... CGI effects on Peter Jackson movies, but basically he's worked on every Peter Jackson movie from Lord of the Rings to the present. And his last time, last thing he did for him was the six hour Beatles uh, 
thing for uh, cable TV. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he, this one, he's yeah. one of he's one of probably hundreds of computer guys that work for Peter Jackson. Right. right. Jackson's got like a huge army of computer guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Number two. How sweet fresh meat. Oh, it's Nightmare oh, on Elm Street. Street. It's Nightmare. <laughs> it's a Nightmare, it's Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, that would be number the first one. Oh, it's not the first one because I just watched that the other day. Yeah. All those Nightmare on Elm Street movies, I saw them once when they were in theaters, and I've never watched any of them again. So none of them again, huh? All right. I I've knew, only I seen knew each, I've seen each one of them see. one time only. Not not really your thing, Dolph, huh? All blur into they all blur together. The only one I ever looked at a little more was number five, because uh, that actor from Cannibal Hookers has a part in part five. Uh-huh. I was going to guess and say it was part five. Is that right or no? It's not five, but you're close. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's um, an 80s American horror movie, and I'm not really interested in an uh, American horror movie. Like I said, from the 80s, the only horror movies I'm interested in are the European ones like Lucio Fulci's Zombie and City of the Living Dead and The Beyond and uh, New York Ripper, and uh, those are the ones I'm interested in. House by the Cemetery or Dario Argento's. Phenomenon or Tenebrae. Those are the mainly 80s movies I'm interested in. Also, Roberto Lindsay's Cannibal Ferrer or Make Them Die Slowly or Roger Diodata's Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, that's mainly what I'm interested in in the 80s. So this one is uh, The Dream Master, which is part four. Four. Yeah, four. Part four. Yeah, when you're like, you're close. Well, I knew it wasn't three because three's my favorite. I knew it wasn't one. I knew it wasn't two. I knew it wasn't three. So I skipped to five. <laughs> but <laughs> I should have skipped that one. <laughs> okay. All right. Ready got the three? franchise right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did. Number three. Here right. we go. Okay. I know you gentlemen have been through a lot. But when you find the time, I'd rather not spend the rest of this winter tied to this fucking couch. Oh, that must be The Hateful Eight. Nope. It's a horror movie. It sounds like The Hateful Eight. Um, <laughs> I could see why you'd think that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's uh, The Thing. The Thing. Oh! Good. All right. Yay. Look, you got one. See? Well, I only know that because I just saw the thing two years ago in a theater. So it's sort of fresh in my mind. Yes. The the local Regal Cinema, uh, no, the local AMC Theater in Murfreesboro showed it two years ago. So I went to see it. Oh, nice. That's fun. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Number four. Okay. Ready? Ready. He watched the tape. Who? Who watched it? Our son. Oh, that's the ring. The ring. Yeah. The ring. All right. And number five. Here we go. You ready? Give yourself over to absolute pleasure. Swim the warm waters of sins of the flesh. That's Rocky Horror Picture Show. Rocky Horror (laughs) Picture Show. That was good. You didn't even finish the quote. It was good. <laughs> that's yeah. it. Happy horror. All right, that's quotes.
That's awesome. That's good. Um, the thing I would, I'd love. That'd be fun to see in the movie theater. I did. I just saw it in the theater actually, just like this this last week. Over yeah, here. I know lots of movie quotes, but all the ones I know are from the sixties and seventies. Yeah. Like for okay. example, what movie has the quote "Pass the marmalade"? Pass the marmalade. No idea. That would be Curse of, Curse of Frankenstein with Christopher Lee. Curse of Frankenstein. Okay. Okay. What movie has the quote? If I allow you to beat me, it will be an admission on my part that you are superior to me. Since this is patently not the case, I cannot allow it. I don't know either. <laughs> that would be Horror of Frankenstein from 1970. Horror of Frankenstein. Oh, okay. 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 All right. Those are, little, those are a little bit harder. Yeah, yeah, those are definitely harder, yeah. Because it has been a while on most of that Hammer stuff for me, personally. Yeah. Yeah. What well, movie so, has a scene where two policemen come into a night a bar, and after they leave, the barmaid looks at them with disgust and says, "Lazy pigs." I don't know that one either. That would be Scars of Dracula from 1970. I don't think I've seen that one. Scars of Dracula. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There was a lot of yeah. them there. Yeah. Right that okay. time period, you know. Which yeah. horror movie? Here's an easier one. Which horror movie has the quote? Nine killed her, nine shall die, nine eternities in doom. Nine, nine killed her, <laughs> nine shall die, nine eternities in doom. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that, that would be the abominable Dr. Fives with Vincent Price. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that one either. That's my bad. <laughs> So, so for your movies, Donald, like, um, so, um, and you can stream some of them. So if, if someone wanted to go and buy your movies, like where can they go and buy your movies at? Well, if you go to Amazon and type my name into the search window, okay. first type my name into the window, type in Donald Farmer DVD, and then do a separate search and type in Donald Farmer Blu-ray. And if you do that, it'll bring up all the ones that are currently available on Amazon. And then do the same thing at eBay. Go and type in Donald Farmer DVD, Donald Farmer Blu-ray on eBay. And it'll bring up all the ones that are available on eBay. And that's where you can get most of them. And then also, there's a lot of my movies have foreign editions. Like there's a Japanese versions of uh, Shark Exorcist. It's been released in Japan three different times in three different editions. So you can go to Amazon.jp for Japanese versions of it. And then uh, several of my movies have been released in Germany. So you got to go to Amazon.de for German movies. And then some of my movies have been released in England, like Shark Exorcist just released in a special UK edition with a different cover than the American version. And then also my movie, An Erotic Vampire in Paris, is released in England with a different cover than the American version. So those are three foreign sites you can go to and find some of my movies. But the... If you go to the German website, Amazon.de, uh, they have my movies. A, a few of them are offering my movies dubbed into German. Like they have my my big $250,000 Brigitte Nielsen movie, Compelling Evidence, where I have Lynn Lowry from The Crazies and I Drink Your Blood, Melissa Moore from Scream Dream, Brigitte Nielsen and Dana Plato from The Exorcist Part Two, The Heretic. And uh, they've got them available dubbed into German. Oh, nice. They're like in what you call PAL format DVDs, but they pal format dvds will play if you have a region for free a dvd machine or they'll usually play if you have a laptop that plays dvds 
Okay. All right. Gotcha. And I know, I know Mike was telling me that he ran into you at um, a horror convention here recently. Do you have yeah, any Brian, conventions that you got planned? Got anything yeah, coming up? Uh, yeah, I do. I've got one on March 16th called the uh, Scream Queen Chalkathon. That'll be here in Manchester, Tennessee. That's the one that I, one of my actresses, uh, Elaine Huntington and I put on together we did the first one last year. We did uh, the first one was last February, and we're doing the second one this March, uh, March of 2024, March 16th, and that'll be at Freighter's Barbecue in Manchester, Tennessee. So, and we also have free dealer tables. So, if if y'all want to have a come at and have a free, free dealer table, you're welcome to come. Awesome. Nice. I've I've been there. So you were in Chicken's Blood. Um, I'm friends with the Corey, the director. And yeah, he Corey's, had, Corey's been at Corey was a guest at my last convention. Yeah. He was oh, last that was your, oh, that's right. Was it the Rocky Horror something or yeah, Rocky before, Top before or me, something? Before me and Elaine did the Scream Queen Shockathon that we started last year, then a couple of years before that, Corey and I did one year of the Rocky Top horror yeah. show. Yeah, so, I yeah, remember that. that. I don't remember visit. seeing you. I, I popped in there for like a hot minute. I was driving from Huntsville back to Nashville, and I popped in for like 15 minutes just to show some support, and um, mm -hmm. it was like really, really fast. Yeah, Corey, Corey's been there at both of them. He's been there at Rocky Top, and he's been there at the one last year, so he's always a guest at these shows because he lives so close. Yeah, nice. I keep getting after Corey. He needs to make another movie. He hasn't made another movie since Chicken Spud, so I'm telling him. <laughs> Yeah, I used to make another one. I think yeah. I've made, I've made, I've done five movies in all the time since he made Chicken's Blood. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Get on to him, do it. And what about social media? So, um, are you on social media anywhere where we can find? Yeah, you on I'm social? on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Thread and Instagram. I'm on all four. Okay, I'm, so I'm, what is? I'm are you just Donald Farmer on there? Is your name just Donald uh, Farmer? No, I have different usernames on different ones. I think one of them I'm Donald right here, but but I'm on uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram, and then I'm on the new one that's uh, going in competition with Twitter called Thread, and uh, but I don't post on it very much. And then I'm on Facebook. Okay. Awesome. So I'm on I'm on four. The one I'm not on is TikTok. I don't really have any interest in TikTok. TikTok is mainly for people that post dance videos, I guess. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay all right so nowhere to find you at and um you, march the 16th you got your shockathon in manchester tennessee okay so we'll, we'll be, on, be on the lookout for that and that was at um the it was at the was the barbecue place name i can't remember Praters, p-r-a-t-e-r-s okay and then uh, and then the actresses that have been starring in my last several movies they seem to be doing a new convention every month or every two months like Jess Flux, who's the star of my last five movies, she seems to be doing a convention every month. She's like really big on conventions now. She just did the uh, Scarefest in Lexington, Kentucky, which was a huge convention. And she did uh, the, she just did a convention before that in Denver, Colorado. She travels all over the country doing conventions now. So wow. yeah. she also recently did uh, Cinema Wasteland in Cleveland. So she goes all over the place, oh, travels. Nice. I like to travel. She'll any convention that will hire her, no matter where it is, she will go. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Well, good for her. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Conventions are a lot of work for sure. So that's good. 
So is there any anything else um, you want to talk about? Anything you have coming up that you want to talk about or? Well, right now we're in the final steps of post-production on Blood Bitch Baby. Then I've got another movie I'm producing called Amityville Aliens that we're halfway through shooting. That's a multi-story movie with six different stories. And right now, six, three of the stories have been shot and we got three more to shoot. And they're all being shot by different directors. And, uh, and then I'm the producer and I'm uh, assembling everything. And uh, so once we have all that assembled, the Wild Eye releasing has indicated they want to be the distributor of that one. And the movie I just finished, Blood Bitch Baby, it'll be distributed by Culture Shock Releasing. And then in December, we're going to be shooting Darby's Scream House, okay. which is sort of our takeoff on the Barbie movie. It's like That's going to be horror, funny. It's, like a, it's going to be the horror version of the Barbie movie, if <laughs> Barbie awesome. was a horror movie. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, Don, I really appreciate you coming on and talking to us. and. Yeah. Uh, we look forward to your stuff coming out for sure. Oh, yeah. If you just look at my Facebook every once in a while, whenever I have something new coming out, I always promote it. Like just today, I promoted something new that I have coming out, which is there's this new book that uh, is about SOV filmmakers from the 80s, and they devoted 12 pages to me. So I have info about this new book if you look at my Facebook page. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Check cool. it out. Don't form our own Facebook. Check it out. All right, Don. Yeah, thanks All for right. well, Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. All right, thanks. All okay, right. we'll talk to you soon. All right, bye. Take right. care. Bye. All right, that was Donald Farmer, Mr. Farmer himself from Tennessee. Mr. Farmer, wow, what a busy man. So busy, man. Uh, been making movies for 50 years, still making them, still cranking them out. Um, yeah. And, and shoots quite a few of them in Tennessee. I know he doesn't do all of them in Tennessee, but quite a few. Yeah, yeah. Wow, he's he was really interested. It was interesting to talk to, and you can tell he's been, you know, in the film industry for a while because everything we talk about, he'd just go like he'd have like this long story to tell, and I'm like, wow, he's been, he's been around for a hot minute. Yeah. Uh, so the, the the way I discovered Donald Farmer was, I started going to conventions and met Tiffany Sheppis, and I started, um, and I was living in Richmond, Kentucky at the time, and I started uh, getting her movies to watch, rent, renting her movies that that she's in. And I rented one called Dorm, Dorm of the Dead. And uh, so I was living in Richmond, Kentucky, but I was just about to move to Cookville. This is, this is the time I moved to Cookville. And I'd already moved, already went there and, and uh, started, saw the surroundings and stuff and everything. So I was watching this movie, Dorm of the Dead. I started watching it, and all of a sudden I see a, a business. It's, it's, a, it's a bar, but it's a specific mm -hmm. bar. It's on a chain. And I'm like, wait, that's in Cookville. I just saw that. I just saw that uh, bar. I think it was called Wooly Bullies at the time, and uh, I was like, I was like, that's weird, because I I was almost certain it wasn't a chain, you know. And so I started looking it up, and I come to find out, yeah, that's where that not the movie, all of it, but that's where some of the B roll and stuff was shot was in Cookville, because uh, at the time I think Farmer was actually in Cookville too. So that that's what that's how I discovered Donald Farmer, and of course when I moved there. We hooked up. We all hooked up, and uh, like I said, he, I, he he came on some of my movies. I helped him on some of his projects and stuff back in the day. Yeah, so. yeah. That is so. It's so random, but kind of kind of weird that you say Cookville because a few years ago, this is before I even knew who Donald Farmer was. A few years ago, um, so I managed a property in Cookville, and I was talking. I remember I was talking to someone, and I was like, 
some I was like, oh, Cookville, like no one knows where it is. And they're like, oh, Donald Farmer filmed a movie in Cookville. I'm like, who the fuck is Donald Farmer? <laughs> I had no idea, but I was like, that was so random. Uh-huh. Like, I was like, somebody filmed a movie in Cookville? But I, I actually kind of like Cookville. It's, it's really pretty. Mm-hmm. It's really pretty. And I don't know what the movie was about, but. Well, um, like, no, was it backwoods or? There's no telling which one it was because, like I said, he when he was there, I think he filmed you know a few things there. So yeah, no telling. Oh, so it's more than one then. Okay, probably. I mean, yeah, yeah. I would. I almost certain. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right, love it. I love it when when you see local things, and it's really cool when you're watching a movie and you're like, I've been there. I know where that is. Right. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's all I got for you. You got anything for me as we wrap up this? Halloween season? Um, let's see. Anything else? Um, so there's a movie I really wanted to see. You watched it not too long ago and you really liked it. I didn't know if you'd want to do um a rewatch of it or not, and I can't even pronounce it. What's what's it called? That amorphous that amorphous. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Um that's a good one. Yeah. All right. Cool. So anyway, we'll, right all right, we'll watch uh, *Thanatomorphosis* for next time and see what you think about the hardcore horror part of that. Yes. All right. Yes. Well, awesome. Until next time, when everything is gone and we're into the turkey season, we'll have to try to stay hardcore. Yes, stay hardcore all year, all not just year. in October. That's right. Yes. Hardcore until next time. Until next time. Later. Later. Wow. That's hardcore. Nothing harder. Hardcore horror like a Bridget is a part of the Tennessee 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 Horror Podcast Network.